My Muscle Project. Welcome back to this episode of In the Black, the fitness business show where two gym owners that share their experiences tell you about what to do and what not to do based mm. off their opinion. Uh-oh. So today's, today? a, today's a good one. Yeah, I, I like, I like yeah. today. I really like today. I would say today as well, it's not uh, not a lesson, but it's definitely much more of just like, hey, I guess a timeline of what we did. Yeah. 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 So we've been in business for six years uh, running gyms and, you know, a lot's changed over the six years um, and there are some major, major changes like that will be in the future as well. Uh, I think really the whole idea of this podcast is to kind of shine a light on it for you guys to recognize that you cannot stay the same. You must adapt and change over time in business. That is one of the most important things in the sustainability of your business is being adaptable, changing. I want to ask you a question. This sure. is a good one. And I think a lot of you guys can relate. So it's to do with, uh, I think not, not all of these, but sometimes with members that have been at your gym for a long time, right? Okay. So when your gym, if you want to see progress, has to evolve, right? Of course. And there's like a necessary thing that for your gym, you know, for your new gym, not, not like actually a new gym, but just like your new, you know, more successful or different gym, to uh, to surface like the old gym has to die right mm-hmm. like the old ways of doing things so say you know you should be like disorganized not like the whole gym has to die but no yeah, like the old w- systems the way processes, of doing it right yeah, so maybe culture. like you know, it was just like standard that all the classes would start like three minutes late right and like that type of gym has to die and maybe that means like the employee that just like knew it was that way for so long has to has to go because yeah. they've seen you do it so many times when you set a new standard sometimes you're like tough you got to get a new employee because they're like bro I saw you've been late you've been late for like two two years you can't yeah. get mad at me it's like you're you're right but yeah I want it to be different now yeah. Um, and something I was thinking about is that I think sometimes even happened to us, but for a lot of gym owners, it's like the members they have at the gym, um, can also get frustrated by that process because they're like, they don't want the old gym to die and they're no. trying to like pull you back. Even if it's the way you program or like even just like the color of the gym or yeah. like the ads you put up, they're trying to pull you back into like, into the old gym to see progress. Mm. What's the question? I don't know. I guess if you just see that. Mem- like some members can become that as well. Like some members can be. Oh, like, do I agree with? Yeah, they, they can pu- they can pull the brakes on you trying to evolve your gym. Of course, if anything, they're they're going to be the most vocal mm. about it than anyone because really the people that are on board are the are the, the owners, right? The yeah. leaders of the company. So they're going to be the first ones to agree on it, and then it just moves down the chain. Then it's got to be your coaches. You got to get your coaches on board. Like you said, sometimes they're not, so they have to go. And then after that, your coaches are helping you implement these changes and the members will be the last to kick back yep. and they're the biggest group. They're your customers. So they're going to kick back the hardest. Not all of them. Um, exactly. It's not all, but a lot of the times, like, hey, they just don't want it to change. Man, I think it's honestly like, I'm just looking at this timeline now uh, of the six years, but I think a lot of it is just, you don't really know what you want when you start really young, like how we started. Mm. Thinking about if we've reset and we started all again, we've been in the industry, you know, 10, 15 years each, and we've run gym for six years. We've been through so many clients, so many different coaches, mentors, training programs ourselves. Like we know now what we want. We know what works. We know like what. And so if we wiped the slate clean and we started with something, I don't think we'd have as many changes. We definitely adapt over time, but I think our core would be a lot more solid. And I think maybe that's what you, when you start and you're not really 100%, you're like, yeah, I just want to open a CrossFit gym because like I like CrossFit or yeah, I just want to start, make some money, start an F45 or whatever just don't really have that really solid core about like who you are and what you believe in in your company. I guess the franchise is a bad example, but yeah, if you are starting your own thing, being really solid from the start, having honestly experience for a long time in other people's businesses or maybe having started your own business and not having it go the way you wanted to or just learning from that, 
you are a lot more solid on what you want. So I think part of these lessons in here today is just like us figuring out who we are and what we're about um, and what we want our company and our gym and our brand to stand for. So what we've got here is basically um, the last six years of business and then each year financially in that year, what was the biggest investment and whether we think it was good, whether we think it was bad, whether we think it was neutral and kind of what we've learned from that investment. So first year in business, uh, it was buying the business. So we started um, at with 50% ownership in another company. So there was two business partners that owned the current gym. Uh, we bought in 50% of that gym. So that meant um, our company, Raf, myself, uh, our business partner, Roy. So there was three of us plus the two other people that originally owned it. So now together, the two companies at 50% each owned 100% of this gym. There were five business partners in the beginning. Think about that. If you all want to get paid a salary, that gym better be making a shitload of money because five people wanting to get paid 100 grand a year, that's 500 grand. <laughs> With owners pay at 10% of revenue, that's a $5 million gym. That uh, that shit doesn't that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's a good gym. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we're going gym. through basically in, in what we spent the most money on each year. Um, I mean, that was, that was an interesting one. I think th- probably the biggest lesson there, I can't say if it's like good or bad, um, but it's unless you've run a gym before, it's really hard to know getting in how much to pay for a gym. Yep. Because, you know, very often what I notice is like a gym owner like kind of wants to get out. They're like, oh man, this thing is like a nightmare, whatever. And then, but they don't tell that to the next person. They're like, oh yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like it's going really, you know, really, really good. It's like so fun running it. You know, just like take naps all day and get coffee. <laughs> and they're like, oh sweet. So like it, it really does seem like it's it's worth a lot. Um, very often what you find is that you've just taken on like a massive responsibility and you've, you know, you've released them for all the li- from all the liabilities of running the gym. Um, so I, I do think in general, a lot of the time you see, you see, I guess people overpaying, overpaying for that. N- mm. Not for successful gyms, obviously, but particularly for like the more unsuccessful gyms, they're like, oh, I'm picking it up for a steal because not making that much money. Like maybe it's not a steal. Maybe a steal is like close to zero. Mm. Um, because it's more of like a job, like, you know, you've taken on this massive job and responsibility. Mm. It's true. I mean, if I'm talking about good or bad. I think it's only good, right? Because mm. in my opinion, yeah, maybe we overpaid. Maybe we ended up having a buyback later, which we'll get into uh, for a shit price. But these lessons are so valuable. Like they are so valuable. The, the emotional scars from the trauma that it causes you later of like having to figure out the dynamic of five people with five different ideas about how the business should be run tells you if you're a smart person or, or shows you that you're a smart person that, hey, Five heads at the table is a really bad number and I don't think any business can survive with five people trying to pull the ship in a different direction. It only just takes time to realize that that's just not a thing. So, mm. yeah, that was a huge, obviously, financial investment. That was us getting into the, the industry, getting uh, cutting our teeth as business owners, as entrepreneurs, but really kind of learning a hard lesson that five owners is way too many owners. So, year number two. Uh, basically, we obviously didn't do a lot in the second year. We're, we're just running the gym. Uh, nothing major changed. So, really, our well, only... We're, we're training a lot, bro. That's Don't true. Take we that did, away we did train a lot. That's in 20 um, hours a week training. 2015. Yep. Trained very hard, actually. Uh, so, that second year, really our only and it was our major expense was on staff. One of the, I guess, probably unique things we did is we, even though we had a lot of us, we actually kept all the staff at the gym. Mm. Um, so, I think I was still working at another gym during that time as well and so was Rory um, because they're like... Because we, because we kept the staff, then there like wasn't enough work for everybody yeah. at the gym. Um, but that was one thing that we, I guess, chose to continue at the gym. Man, I think back on some of those days now with the staff and it's like, 
we've come a long way. Mm. We've come a long way. And I'm not saying that the staff we had at the time was bad, but it's just, if you think about what staff means to us now and team and culture and leadership and how we treated staff back then, we didn't treat them poorly. It was just like, hey, who's, who's, who's showing up for class today? Like, did we even have a proper roster? It might, might have been a yeah, Google no, sheet or no, something. No, I did the roster. It was a Word doc. Okay, there you go. It was a Word doc. It's just like... I would do it like... 11 p.m. every Sunday. They were just like your friends that, that hung out and it was just like, yeah, whoever was free needed some money to like coach at the gym. There was no standards. There was no, you know, presentation. There was no uniform. There was no, there wasn't even a great program at the mm. time to be honest. So, yeah, stuff has definitely come a long way. But, you know, if you look at it from an interesting perspective is, yeah, a lot of gym owners will spend the first few years coaching a lot of it themselves. Mm. So, in a way, because we had staff from the very start, we were never in a position where we were like, all right, let's get rid of all our stuff and do it all ourselves. Most people start with, we're doing it all ourselves until they get to the breaking point where they need to hire someone. Whereas we just kind of took the opposite approach where we're like, okay, we're always going to have staff now. We just need to find better staff. Mm. And we just kind of kept the amount of work we were doing in the business kind of the same. So almost in a way, it did create that first layer in the company that most gym owners take a long time to build. And that first layer is just really having, you know, uh, a manager slash owner and then the coaches underneath them. So we started with that. So I guess that was a significant investment for um, the second year. But yeah, really in the whole scheme of, of business and how the gyms developed, it didn't really kick off until year three. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's an interesting one. But I think the good thing about having the staff was like other companies or other business owners are often like really worried to hire because they've done it for themselves for so long, which we like never had to go through. Mm. Um, but then also I think sometimes when you first start, you don't realize like, hey, you can change the staff that you have. We were kind of just like assumed we like couldn't change any of the stuff we had. You know, we didn't didn't let anyone go. We just kind of kept it all the same. Um, but then in the third year, I guess we like got more ambitious. We really wanted to grow, open the second gym. Uh, and that was like probably the first big change. We opened the second gym and it like did not have enough clients in it. Um, so we paid, we we're paying like $3,000, maybe I think $3,000 a month. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, $3,000 a month. $3,000 a month yeah. for basically what was uh, sales coaching Yeah, at the time. That was started that, and and they didn't they didn't even live in Sydney. They actually lived in a different city in Australia. Yeah, I would say that learning that, well, taking that first step, that big investment, was really the first time that we had invested in something that was like, hey, this is going to help business growth. Mm. Because at that point, all the other money we would invested were just in like training seminars to become like yeah. better coaches, or but that we'd never never invested a single dollar at that point into hey, we need to improve some aspect of our business. Now, this first comes with awareness. And that awareness is like, hey, okay, maybe our numbers suck. Maybe we've got a huge tax bill. Or maybe, you know, these people aren't coming into the door. However, you create that initial awareness obviously is like a, a really good starting point. I think for a lot of you listening to this podcast and listen to it for a long time, in the black that is specifically, we've probably shone a light on a lot of areas you didn't have awareness to. And so, this is a great way that we learn awareness around areas of the business that we weren't addressing was other business podcasts. And maybe they weren't in the fitness industry, but I was like, oh my God, Ralph, I just listened to this podcast on marketing shit. Like, did you know we need like a brand story mm. or did you know we need like core values? Like, oh shit, we need to start working on that. How do we do it? And maybe we Google some stuff and maybe a you know business coaching company or a mentoring company comes up or maybe really a good book comes up. So you buy that book and you start reading it. However, you build that awareness. Once the awareness is there, then you start to realize where the holes are in your business and you start investing in experts to help you with that. And then for us, the biggest first investment was sales. Um, and that, that was what we spent most of year three developing was our sales process. I think that uh, we have one of the most world-class sales processes at the moment. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. Um, we, we did 
uh, we actually gave you guys um, a really good sales episode a few few weeks ago if you hadn't listened to it already. But you can just go to um, our link where we have kind of a summary of that episode. It's in the in the download. Uh, it's the mymossproject.com slash free. It's the sales um it's the, the sales guide download. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's the it's the deck we use when we uh, basically do in person sales at the gym. Right. Um, but yeah, in this year three, it was good. And I think you know, looking back at that, obviously it was like really expensive, and we ended up canceling it. I think like halfway through the the twelve month program, really just because it stopped delivering value. Yeah. Like we kind of just got it, and there was just so much more to running a gym we we wanted to invest in, and we didn't want all our investment funds tied up in this. Um, but we definitely grabbed membership from it. What I will say is, I think that what sometimes happens to gym owners is like they invest in some like quite expensive program for like business or something like that and then they feel like oh man I got like a bit burnt with that like I didn't get the results they promised Yeah. and then sometimes the bad thing you can do is then just like stop investing in anything Yeah. because you like get this bit of this mindset like oh man it's all bullshit like they're all just trying to sell me something yeah. they obviously are trying to sell you something That's you're also trying to sell to your members business, yeah. um, but it, just because you kind of got burnt once doesn't mean there's like nothing good or nothing worth the money yeah. out there yeah. it's more just like hey your first crack at it like wasn't the best because you like didn't really choose the right thing or you mm. didn't choose the right person or you didn't choose the right company. Which was not surprising because it was your first go at it. Yeah, it's like the picking the wrong program to start your strength training with, yeah. right? You go on the internet and you try, oh, German volume training. That's supposed to get you really strong and massive and you do 10 by 10 four weeks in a row and all you end up with is like world-class doms. And yeah. you're like, ah, oh, strength training doesn't work. Like maybe I should go try F45. It's like starting like at any time and being like, oh man, I joined, I like never went. Gyms don't work. Yeah. There's Bro, gyms work. It didn't work out for you. Or you just had people that overpromised, like PTs that overpromised, yeah. and they just didn't deliver. And you're like, ah, all fit PTs suck. You know, I need to do things myself. Well, you just picked the wrong PT. Mm. So there are just like always, there are always people out there that can help you, and there are always always people out there to sell you their kind of snake oil and the stuff that doesn't work. But the thing is, the only way you'll ever know is if you try. And yeah, fuck, we've made some bad investments. But what it's done is it always continues to narrow the pool of people. And the only reason we've got to this point is because we had to invest so much money to find out, not to necessarily find out stuff that works, but to find out the stuff that doesn't work. Mm. And that's where I think some money is really well spent. People always want to spend the dollar and see that it works. I get it. But sometimes you've got to spend a dollar to be, realize it doesn't work. So you're like, oh, I was really obsessed and really focused on this thing and this style of thing. I invested five, $6,000 into it. It didn't get a result. Okay, now I don't have to obsess with it. Uh, my mind is at ease now. I can move on to what I feel is going to be the next thing. And I think that is extremely valuable. And sometimes it just kind of hurts more because you didn't put any points on the scoreboard. You lost points. But in the long term, you definitely earn points on the scoreboard. Um, okay, so year four. Um, uh, yeah, so year four is when we bought out the business partners. Yep. So the initial two that we uh, invested with in the beginning, uh, in year four, we bought them out. So... Uh, the lesson here is that if you buy for a really bad price in the beginning, it usually means that you have to buy for a bad price on the way out. Um, I think we ended up in a pretty pretty good middle ground. Like, mm. We weren't super stoked. Luckily, we had the money to pay it um, on hand. Uh, they weren't super stoked either. They wanted a bit more. Um, to be honest, the reason it really fell apart, besides the fact there were too many heads at the table, is that you need to set expectations with business partners from the beginning. They need to be crystal clear. You need to have exit strategies. You need to have shareholders agreements. You need to have like expectations around profit share and salaries and like who's going to be doing what? Like, are you going to be super involved? Are you not going to be super involved? And I think that's where all stuff falls apart is communication. When someone expects you to be doing something a certain way, you don't. Resentment builds up. Three or four weeks pass. The next time you see them, you want to choke them out. <laughs> 
that's when it starts to go south really quickly. But if your expectation was like, hey, this person's like, hey, I don't actually want to take any money until the fifth year. And then at that point, I want what's my share in the profit distribution. Um, I just want to check the numbers every month and advise you guys on what I think are good and bad investments. But overall, I don't really want to vote at the table. That's how I want to be involved. Fucking perfect. And that's on a piece of paper and that's a contract and that's what you can expect from that person. But when it's all mixed up and it's all the other way around and the parties, I think the worst part is like when the parties don't feel like they can have open conversations with each other. Like to your credit, you've had some hard conversations mm-hmm. with me where you've sat me down and you're like, look, you're like, you're being a dickhead. Like you, you can't see it right now, but like you're not doing what you said you would do and like the numbers aren't checking out mm-hmm. or you're not delivering your end. Um, and that is just like, I think in essence, like us being able to have those conversations with each other allows the business to move forward because how many business partners would you know that don't have a strong enough relationship where they can have those open conversations with each other and it holds the businesses back? Um, well, yeah, I think what, what you realize is like, say you have, you got, you got a business, whatever, there's three business partners. Like soon as, um, soon as you guys like don't agree or you fall out, that's basically the end of the business. Yeah. Like it's over. Yeah. Like, and particularly if you don't have like a really quick, like we didn't have a quick exit strategy. Um, if we, so I guess like those five of us, if like the three of us hadn't stayed on the same page, the whole thing would have been finished. Yeah. Because like, you know, employees can fall out of favor. You know, members can <laughs> very often yeah. fall out of favor each other and you know, stop being friends. But as soon as the owners fall out of friendship, the thing stops in its track. Right. Because if there's like, whatever, five people and two want to keep running, three don't, like it's, it's done. Mm. Once you've had that falling out, like it literally is over. So you have to have like some really good mechanism, I guess, to break it up at that point, which we didn't have, so it made it a bit harder, but we still invested our money. It was an interesting investment. We didn't have to buy them out, but we thought, you know, it was better to buy them out and feel like we own the whole thing than spend that money on whatever, advertising or equipment. Yeah. Um, and it probably was the right investment. Yeah. It's because we felt so much better. We could do what we wanted um, and like, you know, rip in after that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a that was definitely a subconscious element at play where we didn't want to grow the business to the size that it is today yeah. because we didn't want them taking a slice of it later down the track. Exactly. And that's why like once it's once it's fallen out of favor, it's done. Yeah. Because you don't want to grow the business for the person you don't even like. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's never a good position to be in. Okay. Fifth year. Uh, we've actually had this, the founder of this company on the podcast before. I would recommend listening to that interview, Sean Greeley. Um, he's our business coach, uh, business mentor, friend, um, just all around fucking great guy. They just released a podcast actually. The MP. first one. Inspired by us, I think. Yeah. No, no, it was. That's what he said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was inspired by us. Um, uh, Sean's the host. Uh, yeah, you guys can check that out. Um, very different to our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, very different. Um, and uh, this company's MP. Uh, we just wrote them down because, yeah, they were like, this is the longest mentoring program, coaching, business, consulting, mm. whatever the fuck you want to call it, for the longest period of time. How long have we been with them now? Nearly two years? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. One Actually, and a half yeah, years? True. No, true. We started... Um, because we re-signed at the no, start of this October, year. November, 2017. Yeah. We had a break for a little bit and yeah. then we got um, back into it. Um, and it was good. I mean, the, definitely, we definitely saw results like pretty quickly joining. But what I would say with uh, putting money into like, this was different to the sales stuff because this was just like more all-around gym coaching. Yes. It's not like, oh, we just do sales. We just do this. It's like, this is more like just general professional development. Um, but it's like anything, right? It's like what you put into it is what you get out. And when you like stop putting effort into your coaching, like you just really don't get much out of it. Yeah. And when you start putting effort more into it, um, you get you just get a lot more out of it. Yeah, I think there's like also, but there's also a deeper level as to like, okay, why am I not putting into it as well? And that was one thing I had to address. I, uh, at the start of the year, I was dealing with a lot of personal stuff and I think I kind of really went into my shell a little bit and um, as much as you like to think that you're, you know, still pushing forward and being a leader and stuff, um, 
you can hide a lot of these things as well, but I felt very disheartened about the whole thing. And I think that when you can face up to people like your business coaches that know your numbers and they know kind of where you guys want to go and that sort of thing, you're not working towards it. You kind of shy away from those things because you have an element of guilt as like, oh, I'm not really like pushing forward in the way that I promised everyone I said I would. And so I was kind of not putting the effort in or on the surface, it's like, oh yeah, Locke's not really contributing. He thinks it's like not really worth the money or whatever. But the reality is like, because I was dealing with some personal stuff, I wasn't able to like, uh, my basically my attention was spread. Mm. I was dealing with, with other problems um, and therefore I just didn't feel like I was getting value. But that was just because I was so occupied with other things that the energy and time and effort I needed to put into that, it was just being put into other places. So it wasn't their fault. It wasn't like they weren't delivering value, but I just wasn't giving them what they needed to be able to help me. Yeah, like for sure. I talk about this. It's like same as fitness, right? It's like the more... So you have a, if you have a coach, like you have a PT or a fitness coach, the more you stay in contact with them, honestly, I believe the better results you get. Like when I got the best results out of my fitness coach, we talked every day, multiple mm. times a day. And like as soon as you stop talking to some coach, you always kind of know it's like, ah, oh, because you like don't really want to hear... Because like you know you're not don't doing the right the thing, truth, right? It's yeah. like when I've skipped my programming for like three days and then I get a text, I like don't respond. Because mm. I'm like, ah, oh, I just like, I know... <laughs> I, I don't want to respond. <laughs> I know what it's about. Yeah, I know. Mm. So you just you don't even want to look at it, right? And it's like it's like you know, you're climbing the gym. You stop hearing from them. You know that's a bad sign. Yeah. Um, and then what I often yeah what I can see even I see other people in the business coaching program is they just go missing for a while. Yeah. And so often you're like There's a few missing at the man, moment. You're, you're missing for a reason. Yeah. Like you know. Hundred percent. And and that's why it's good. That's why it's good. It's honestly why coaches get you know it's not all just like money hungry stuff. It's why they get you to like invest and go on contracts and stuff. Yeah. It's because they know like you're you know you're gonna have a bad time. Maybe you're a bit, a bit embarrassed. You're not getting the results you said you would or you just had exactly like personal shit that gets in the way of your business. Mm. Could be anything, right? It happens to everybody. And then you just like start avoiding your coaches. Yeah. Um, so one of the best things I think you can do in fitness and in the business stuff is just start contacting your coaches more and like literally you start getting better results. Yeah, in all aspects of life, right? Um, and yeah, the last thing before we move on to the final year, which is kind of this year, which we're almost kind of at the end, I think sixth year, that's, when is our sixth year mark? It's uh, January? Uh, we are like first of February. Feb. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, maybe like four months, three months left mm. um, in this year. But yeah, the last thing I'll just say on year five with MP is like, I felt because they've always been, um, they're, they're kind of like an industry leader. Like Sean's been in this game longer than anyone. And he's like friends with like John Barati, Precision Nutrition, works for like Gold's Gym. He consults on like Fitness Australia. He's like just been across the whole thing. <laughs> Thought you were going to say, where's Gold Chains? <laughs> Like, he's an industry leader. He's got like he's, gold chains. He's a pimp. He's a pimp. Um, yeah. For me, I've always just felt like with him, he is like the, he's kind of like the guy mm. in this in this, in this this space. And I kind of know that it's never been a quick win or a quick money for him. He's just, he's in it for the long haul and his business has proven it. Whereas a lot of these new consultants, like they're overnight pop-ups, right? Yeah. And Therefore, I've never really thought of leaving because I'm like, this guy just has so much experience. I just need to keep engaging with him. So, it's not really like the coaching is an issue or anything like that. It's just like, yeah, my level of engagement and participation in the whole thing, which is exactly what we mentioned. So, um, final year. So, this year, the, basically the biggest investment that we'll be making is um, digital marketing spend. Um, we've done three. Yeah. So, we've worked with uh, so a Google Ads uh, company, so we're investing in Google Ads as well as them to obviously run all the ads. Um, two Facebook marketing companies that do Instagram and Facebook ads, and then obviously the ad spend that goes along with them, uh, and then an internal person 
that we used for a while at the start of the year that was helping us again run ads and um, spending spending money on digital mm. advertising. And now, the reason we I think we didn't do this earlier is because there were just bigger fish to fry. Yeah, there were like bigger systems to take care of. There were operational things that needed help. There was like direction of the company. Um, there was finding the right staff. There and there was like a decent amount of leads coming in. Um, we were refining our sales process, but now we've you know perfected. Thankfully, uh, even though the year has had so many changes, um, from an operations perspective, I think we've had some of the the, the least amount of changes this yeah. year in a way, just because we've learned so much from the amount of changes we've made, which I think for a lot of staff is good because it's just less chaotic. There's more solidified systems. I think that's, you know, when you get that core 80% right, you're kind of changing the 20%. It's a good place to be in. Previous years before that, I feel like we're changing the yeah. 80% a lot. Um, and so now that we're a lot more solid on that, we're like, okay, cool. Where's like some big holes we need, really need to fill? lead gen and it just became a matter of like okay how much time and opportunity costs am i wasting trying to be across all these platforms that have changing algorithms every day and where i'm not an expert in where i'm spending the business's money which could be going to waste whereas i may as well just spend it with someone that is an expert and i'm going to get a much better return for my dollar so that's where we've been investing our time and energy um, into digital marketing spend and it's been interesting it's been mixed results it hasn't been all positive um, it is a tricky space. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. It's like if you scroll through your Instagram feed and you get, you know, on average, feel like me, like f- 10 ads out of every 15 is on like someone trying to sell you. 15 posts. Yeah, yeah get, 10, getting yeah. leads um, for your gym. Almost always, it's not going to turn out how that ad says it is. Yeah. If it's like, hey, we're going to get you 100 leads in the next 24 hours, it's probably not going to. Yeah. Because it's like anything, right? It's like a fitness trainer is generally going to show you the best results they've had in the last three years in their testimony. Yeah. They're not going to show you like, you know, the below average result. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, a, it's challenging because the truth is with digital marketing is some companies can do really well for a long time. Mm. The, the platform makes changes to the algorithm and the secret source isn't valid anymore. It doesn't work. And I've, we've been through stuff even in the podcast where, you know, people are like, hey, I, you know, I've grown this to this size. I've done this to this size. I've done this to that. But they haven't done it for a while. And I'm like, okay, because it's changed now. And the game is so different. Like that, those organic posts, they don't get the same reach anymore. So you can't get that same growth. So I think the hardest part is really finding someone that's consistently good, but very recently. And they're still getting results. They've gotten results in the past. They've changed. They've adapted. And now they're still getting results um, currently. So that that is really the hardest part. And it's, it's taken us, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to reach this point. And... Um, same thing, like I said before, there's some mixed results in terms of, wow, we've really lost a lot of money here. Um, but it also help, helped us realize, okay, this is not going to work for us. This style of advertising, this company is not going to deliver yeah. results for us, which is fine because then you, you learn that money and you move on. Yeah, it would be better to learn that lesson without having to sink the money in, but sometimes you just have to pay to know. It's interesting. And I think it really depends because I think a lot of gyms are like, hey, do I need to like, pay someone all this money to, to get leads? It really depends on like what size of gym you want to have, which is why I think it's so important. You like have a really long think about how many members you want to have. Because mm. if you want to have you know a cheaper membership where you need like 200 people to really be making good money, it's like you're probably going to need one of these companies that yeah. helps you do online advertising at some stage. Because yeah. you know industry average 10% churn, you need to sign up 20 members a month. You, know, you probably sign up one in every three if it's advertising, maybe even like one in every four members, mm. man, that's like 80 leads you need a month. It's mm. like pretty hard to do with a sign out the front mm. um, and, and you know, referrals. Uh, so like, yeah, you might need one. But if you're like maybe charging a bit more and it's more of like just your business and one employee, 
might only need like 70, 80 staff that are paying like 100 bucks a week. Yeah. And then you only need to sign up like four members a month. Yeah. Because you've got pretty good churn. And then you only need like 12 leads. Do you need to pay someone $3,000 a month for 12 people? Yeah. Hopefully not. I mean, the best work that you've done in the gym is just get so good with numbers. And I think that math, like maths is, is they're facts, right? Mm. Like mathematics, there's no, there's no gray in mathematics. It's like black and white. And I think the best work that you've done in our gym is to show me like, okay, cool. We can get to this point at, at this and we don't need to invest any money. But to break through this barrier based off these numbers and the churn rate and the growth rate and this and that and to hit the next stage, like we're going to need this company and we're going to need X return on every dollar. And I think knowing those numbers, the best companies in the world, they know those numbers so well. They don't guess on this sort of stuff. It's why so many gyms, like we got three gyms, but our membership tends to turn out pretty similar at all the gyms. Yeah. Because of like the same facts, right? It's like, oh, that's how many general leads you get with like, you know, a similar situation, a website and like on Google Maps and getting some referrals from the members and getting some referrals from you and me. It turns out to be a pretty similar number of people coming in each month. So yeah. you tend to plateau at the same amount. Yeah. Um, so I would just have a think about it. If you just, if it's just you in some small gym, like I think there's bigger problems if you need a digital marketing agency to come in and help you just get to like 60, 70 people in your, in your small gym. Yeah. Um, but if you need hundreds, then I'm not it's surprised. Story. Yeah, you probably do need help. Yeah. Well, one thing that... Um, you know, has been helpful for us is implementing something like True Coach because it gives us that extra revenue stream, which I find has been really good for retention. So, like, you know, investing in different technology platforms can obviously, they're kind of like the, the icing on the cake for a lot of things, right? And I think that sometimes one and two percenters, they actually start to add up. You know, you cut some costs here, you add some extra revenue streams in here. Yeah, our True Coach platform has not only elevated how the gyms look, um, in terms of just like how cool it is to be able to like have a technology where it's like, dude, this is how we like implement online programming. Like I'm working with some clients now, they're traveling and I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to write you hotel workouts yeah. and they send me a video of the hotel and I'm like, cool, here's the workout. Like that is just like the extra level of service that helps and it's small things like that. Well, that I, also, I already have the hotel workout saved. Yeah. You can just save the hotel workout yeah. templates. Done. But I just know something like that for people listening, they're like, where can I invest? what are good investments and stuff, just small, cheap things like that can also be really good investments that accumulate clients over time. Man, it's got to be one of the easiest ways to bolt on extra revenue at a gym is just like True Coach. I don't even know how much it costs. It doesn't cost very much. It's like, it's it's not like $3,000 a month. Yeah, yeah. It's like dollars a month. It's a really cheap program and just yeah. start and, and writing extras programs for clients or holiday programs or when they leave, keeping them as individual clients. Man, it's such an easy, good way to get clients better results and make extra money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, with all that being said, guys, uh, you can head over to mymuscleproject.com slash free. All our business guides are on there. Make sure you check them out, especially the sales deck builder. Uh, it's probably a really good one as well. Um, and then also check out TrueCoach, truecoach.co slash MMP. But all the links, guys, are in the description of this episode. So go check them out. Thank you so much for listening. We'll speak to you next week.